Welcome back, everybody. My name is Zach Randall. And yesterday I had this massive Chipotle burrito and I couldn't stop thinking about episode number one. So we're going to revisit a few things from that episode. This is State of Analytics. And I'm your host, Zach Randall. Thanks for jumping on and listening to episode number two. There's also video versions of this podcast. So if you, if you haven't checked those out or if you're watching the video, you can check out the audio versions on all major platforms. So the original plan was to start diving into these false beliefs that I broke down in episode number one relating to web analytics, marketing analytics, and customer data. And as with all good plans, the plan has changed already. Just a, just a minor deviation here. So in the next episode, I'm going to be diving back into those false beliefs, but I wanted to take a little bit of a hiatus here because I had a few things happen to me this week that I thought would be pretty interesting for, for you. And so the topic today is your measurement mindset, how you should be approaching analytics and data differently to help your organization grow. And we're going to be walking through some major roles in the organization. A lot of you listening to this podcast might sit in one of these roles or the other roles, you know, you're going to have this tendency to maybe want to gloss over, but I'd recommend that you listen to all the roles because my goal here is to help you understand somebody else's perspective, right? And so for each role, I'm going to be walking through what I call the poor mindset, which is the mindset about web analytics, data, marketing analytics, customer data that I see at most organizations. When they come to us uh, through my agency or when we see how other agencies operate when we partner with them um, because we're working on like a shared client, for example, I see a lot of these poor mindsets. We do a lot of B2B tech. And so I see the inner workings of a lot of sales organizations, a lot of like marketing ops and sales ops. And so I'm going to explore a lot of these things. Now, a little bit of housekeeping real fast. Go to listenlayer.com forward slash pod. You can just download a list of the, the false beliefs that we talked about on the previous episode. And if you haven't checked that out, go back and check that out. Maybe share that with somebody in your organization if you uh, relate to any of those things. And um, you can also sign up for notifications there if you want to know when a new episode drops. All right, so we're, let's dive into this. It's going to be a shorter episode. We're going to talk about marketers measurement professionals and agencies, like practitioners who just do analytics. Then we're going to talk about developers because oftentimes the developers are the ones who are getting in and solving the hard problems, or they might be brought in just to, to do an implementation, or you could be a developer doing like full web dev and analytics obviously is kind of a part of that. We're going to touch on marketing operations. And last, we're going to talk about sales. And the mindset that you have when you go into analytics when you start looking at your analytics within your organization is critical. A lot of the false beliefs that I talked about on the previous episode have led to what I call poor or suboptimal mindsets within these roles. And I'm going to challenge you a little bit today as far as how you approach and think about web analytics. I think a lot of these poor mindsets are stemming directly from those false beliefs. And so the more we can start to understand, like, how should I be thinking about this stuff a little better? the more we can start to combat those false beliefs that we're going to dig into even deeper in some future episodes. So let's start talking about marketers, right? This is any, anyone from the CMO, marketing leaders, or maybe you're a demand gen marketer or you know one of those specific roles, maybe more on the B2B side. Here's the poor mindset that I typically see. My agency handles our web analytics because they're the primary user. And I challenge that mindset. 
for all you marketers out there, I would recommend you, you shift your view of analytics to have this better mindset. I need a dedicated owner of analytics and I need to start using the data internally to not only drive my marketing insights, but to help other teams. So I want to break this down a little bit, right? The first piece is having a dedicated owner, right? Bring your marketing analytics either in-house or hire like a dedicated agency. What I find is when you just farm it out to like whoever's running your paid search or whoever's running your SEO, they have their perspective and that's all they care about. And oftentimes analytics even takes a backseat to what their primary um, engagement is with you. And then furthermore, the second you change and you start using a different agency, they come in and their immediate thought is they have to like blow up everything that's been done before. They got to go rebuild GTM. And, and that actually stems from the fact that most of the time it's set up incorrectly, right? Because the other agency probably didn't do a great job. So if you're in marketing in general, or you're a marketing leader inside of an organization, I would challenge that belief and start to say, hey, like we, we should own our data ourselves." Just like we talked about, you know, we're, we're falling into this free fallacy where we're just like giving Google all of our data because it's free and it's easy. And then we dumb it down and then we're not getting all the value out of it that we should. Same thing. Like, let's not just hand it off to whatever our paid search agency is or our paid social agency. And let's develop this idea of like a dedicated owner. And then we tend to see our marketing analytics as just that, only marketing analytics. But the reality is our website actually is kind of the hub of your business and all these other organizations or all these other teams within your organization are also relying on the website. Yet oftentimes they get kind of set aside and I'll give you a couple examples. Think about human resources and recruiting. If you're in an organization that's growing, this is a critical function. And your website is undoubtedly like the first place legitimate candidates are going to look at you, right? So I'm not saying that your website should shift to be like super focused on HR and recruiting, but to the extent that there's any sort of component there, that data is important to that team. Are they, do they have access to it? Are you doing a good job of giving it to them? Another example would be the customer success team, right? Just because your website is primarily geared towards net new customers, Oftentimes you should and probably do have some, something about customer success and are they actually receiving data and insights from your team? So let me give you a quick example. This actually happened a couple of weeks ago. One of our clients, they're tracking chats, right? And they get a lot of uh, job inquiries because they're a services business. And so a lot of what they do is basically kind of like consulting based. And so they need really good talent. Well, their marketing team came to us and they said, hey, can we use the listener tool to, to segment out our chats, right? Because we have some use cases where you can do that because the listener can see what the chat activity is. And then you can basically like trigger certain conversions. And their initial thinking was like, we just, all these people who are coming in for job inquiries, we just want to throw that data out. Kind of like, we just don't care about it. And I was like, well, we can use listener. We can identify who that person is. We can cookie them, store something in local storage. You know, we can allow that to persist. And then we can take that session data and we can provide it to your HR and recruiting team, right? So this leads to this idea that, I, that I, I'm going to talk about more in the future called marketers analytics mandate, right? The, the analytics mandate that you have, which is just this idea that your data that you're generating as a marketing team should drive cross-organizational insights. It's not just for marketing, right? As marketers, we're kind of that front line we're given this goal to go out into the marketplace and to understand the marketplace and to gather insights on that. And that should be driving other areas of our business as well. And so 
going along with that that mandate, you know, just think of um, how much additional value as a marketer you can create for other teams in your organization if you started to look at that data and say, like, hey, there's all these other segments we could report on. Let's start generating some, like, let's build some dashboards or or some recurring reports. Or, you know, when I when I go to uh, do my quarterly you know, board presentation, have some segments in there about like, how is our marketing also helping to support HR? How is it also helping to support customer success? How can we see that in our marketing analytics? How have we segmented it out? And then how have we actually helped to enable those teams? Now, don't jump straight into that because ultimately, if we go back to episode one and we look at those false beliefs, I'd recommend first get your house in order, right? Get, get the web analytics house in order first and let's make sure we're doing as marketers what we should be doing with that data for ourselves and for our teams. And then secondarily, let's look at how we can drive some insights for other uh, teams in our organization. Okay, so let's move to measurement professionals. If you're a measurement professional or like an analytics practitioner, I'm gonna combine you with an agency, right? Not always one and the same. Sometimes there's an analytics pr- practitioner or a measurement professional within uh, you know, like an end client. But by and large, because agencies are primarily the ones who are implementing and managing our, our analytics, I'm going to group you guys together. So the poor mindset that I tend to see within the agency space and sometimes with measurement professionals is this idea that like, let's just throw Google Tag Manager on the site. That'll solve everything. And what comes, from, what, what comes out of that is that conversion tracking oftentimes in our engagements or you know, improving your setting up analytics or goals is just kind of like included in our services. It's not like a, a defined separate thing that we break out. And that's what I'd recommend is the better mindset is that you should go into an engagement with a client. If you're a practitioner or a consultant or an agency, or if you're an in-house measurement professional, you should be carving out this idea of, hey, we need to have a foundational element of what we're doing. That's data improvement. That's our analytics and data improvement. And so oftentimes, if, if we bring on a new client and we're doing like SEO or paid search or whatever it is. It's really important that we carve out like at least a two-week period at the beginning where we're not doing anything other than just like fixing our data. Oftentimes it takes longer than that, but just buying ourselves some time to really figure out what's going on and not just, you know, hit the ground running full speed ahead and data becomes this afterthought. And the problem is when you do that, it leads to these, you know, it kind of exacerbates this issue where we just rely on Google Tag Manager. We'll just throw stuff in there and it'll just like work. And I have tons of stories that'll prove that that just, you know, that's, that's not the case. Now, one interesting thing that happened to me this week, we, we had this client that um, is building a, a website with another agency and we're running a lot of their media and doing some of their other marketing programs. And so they came to us and said, Hey, like our website's about to be done. We have a few weeks here's the launch plan. Here's kind of like the checklist and the timeline of those things. And lo and behold, I'm looking at this thing and there's not a single mention of analytics and tons of our programs are relying on analytics. Now, at, at some point, you know, a couple of years ago, we set them up on, on listen layer. So they have like a really good solid structure. And so we're just going to move that over. But it was just interesting to me that there was like so many people involved, another agency, multiple people within the, the organization. And not one of them is really like thought about this analytics thing. It just... I know like the writing is on the wall, right? I see this all the time with agencies and practitioners that you then ask them like, hey, what's the plan with analytics? And they're like, well, we're just going to move Google Analytics tag over. And, and it's just this assumption that like all we're doing is just using just basic out of the box Google Analytics, or we're just going to move Google Tag Manager over or, or whatever that is. So I challenge you, 
if you're an agency, if you're a web dev agency, you'll make this a part of your process. Make it a line item on your scope of work. Make it a component or a service offering. Same if you're a media agency or just generally a measurement professional. So let's talk about developers, right? And just a reminder, if you're not a developer or you're not one of these roles, I'd still recommend you listen to this because it's good to understand the perspective of these, these other individuals. So developers are oftentimes the superheroes in an organization, right? We just, we call on them to like solve the hard problems. And it's interesting because I think a lot of developers don't have that mindset. They have what I call the developer's checklist mindset, right? There's a task in Jira and there's some requirements and I need to just go get it done. And then from that point forward, they're thinking about like, how efficiently can I code this, right? And just get this thing done and move it off my plate so I can move on to the next thing. And if you're a developer, I would encourage you to have a different mindset. Understand that you literally are like a, viewed sometimes as a superhero in your organization. You, you can come and save the day. And you also have a lot of knowledge that other people don't have. A lot of times it's simply like, you know, these things exist that they don't even know exist, or these things are possible that you, they don't even know are possible. And so instead of having that developer's checklist mindset, and especially when it comes to web analytics, Go into those projects and, and ask yourself, how can I configure this and how can I document it for longevity? Not just how fast can I get this done? And then start looking at the task and ask yourself, can I add strategy to this request or to these requirements? Because again, oftentimes you're the smartest person in the room. Like you can look at this and you can say, oh yeah, we could do X, Y, and Z. And other people are blown away. They're like, I didn't even know that existed. So something interesting happened to me uh, a, a few months back, the, the very first developer who actually jumped in and started using Listener, I, I got a chance to ch chat with him. And I was like, hey, so what drew you to our platform? Because when we first built this, we weren't thinking like a bunch of developers were going to jump in and start using Listener because it's really kind of a no code solution. But if you have a developer mindset, you can do a lot of really cool things uh, because you just understand like how that logic might work and how you can kind of use the various elements in the browser and the data layer and things like that to develop some really cool things. And I was just shocked when he told me, you know, not all developers want to just write code. He's like, what happened was our, I inherited our GTM. A few developers before had basically just like bolted all this stuff together, custom scripts, like our agency owned it at one point, And nobody really knew what was going on. And although it seemed quite advanced because a developer had been working on it, there was so much stuff. So there was so much custom coding all over in GTM. So many random like, triggers based on selectors and things like that. And he was pretty confident that most of it had broke and there was no way to actually monitor it. So he was, he was like, this was great because it, it provided me like a no code or a low code solution, pretty much a no code solution. But you know, there's some advanced things you can do in there that do require that mindset, but it also allowed him to set up monitoring and really visually see and know what's happening and then know if something breaks. And it was just kind of eye opening to me because I was like, I didn't realize that, you know, some developers think that way, right? With my experience, a lot of other developers maybe don't. And so again, I'm challenging your thinking here. If you're in that developer space, then be driving that forward. And if you're, if you're not a developer, maybe you're working with a developer, maybe just go ahead and ask them like, hey, what do you think about this? Can you look at my requirements and try to add some, some additional strategy and thoughts to that? All right, so the next role we're gonna talk about is marketing operations. And this one's super interesting because I had this thing happen to me this week. And that's this was the thing that triggered, triggered me wanting to do this, this extra little episode here. We're working with this large organization and they have this massive effort to move to a different marketing ops system across all their divisions. 
And I get this email from their marketing ops leader who literally, you know, he's just basically like, I just want to remove some of your fields, like the Google click ID field and these things. And, you know, of course I told him, no, like we're using those, we're enriching it, but it's just, it, it triggered this thought, you know, when I, when I think back to when I've worked with marketing ops teams and oftentimes sales ops teams, they have this like obsession with cleaning up Salesforce or cleaning up marketing operations systems, which is totally valid, but it, they sometimes almost take it a little bit too far and they won't let you put in custom fields because it's too messy. You know, Oh, you want to add four fields? Like we don't add any custom fields. And instead of having that poor mindset of like, Hey, we need to keep this super clean and we don't want to introduce a lot of extra stuff. Start to ask yourself, you know, your marketing ops platform out of the box is not the be all end all. There's all these other users of the data and it'd be super awesome if we can get our web analytics data tied in down the funnel. And that's going to require us to do some additional things like adding custom fields. And so rather than putting up roadblocks, start to ask yourself, how can we in- implement a process by which you know, these things can be approved or reviewed and, and prioritized? And we can actually you know, start to think about this world outside of just what's in our marketing ops out of the box. Our, um, you know, think of like Marketo or HubSpot and, and how they work and how they generate data initially and start to think about how you can bring in some of this other data from outside. So the last one here is sales. The poor mindset that I see across a lot of sales organizations is that they initially think that web analytics just creates data for marketing. And they're like, I'm over here in sales. Like, I don't really need that. All I need to know is once somebody gets into my CRM and they become sales qualified or whatever metric you're generally going to use. And I would challenge you to not just look at that CRM data only, but as a salesperson to start asking, hey, is there something in my marketing analytics that I could use to help drive my sales forecast to correlate historical activity so I can better understand how that might influence the results of the sales team? And the something else interesting happened to me a few weeks ago. It's actually not a client. This is just a friend of mine who um, is a sales leader at an organization. And he, he had just kind of taken on this new job, was struggling a little bit with their volume overall and trying to kind of figure out like, how am I going to hit my pipeline goals? So he, he actually started digging into their web analytics data and lo and behold, kind of finds out that it's a bit of a mess. They're not driving a ton of leads, either that or they're not tracking correctly. So he was basically just kind of calling me to pick my brain and help benchmark like, hey, where should we be at overall in general? I thought that was just interesting because I'm like, this might be the first salesperson who's actually just approached me and said, hey, what's your perspective as a marketer and how can your data tie to my data? How can I better understand that so I can drive more success within my sales organization? And that, that's an interesting one because if we, if we go full circle back to the beginning of the, of the pod when I'm talking about you know, the marketer and realizing that there's other use cases for your data in the organization, this is probably the first one you should tackle, right? Is how do we actually, as a marketing organization, become more of a unified team with our sales organization? And the answer to that, typically the, the first step would be to get your data integrated. So these individual mindset shifts, I think are going to help us to address these false beliefs. And so on future episodes, as we dig into those false beliefs, come back to this and kind of think, think through, okay, how can I change my mindset so that I can become a better user of data or a better provider of data? And 
And then as we peel those back, I'm going to be bringing on some guests also. So to get some additional outside perspectives, you know, perhaps I'm wrong on some of these false beliefs, or perhaps you're like, we do this one really well. And I have, I have some thoughts on how, how others could do that. So if you, if you have those thoughts, you go to listenlearn.com forward slash pod and drop us a line. Let us know, Hey, I'd either be a good guest or I have something to add to the show or I have a comment and I'd love to get involved. Thanks for joining today on episode number three. We're going to dig into false belief number one. So if you want to get a quick overview of those things, watch episode number one and we'll talk to you guys next time.